Hey, welcome to another episode of Staying in Trouble with myself, Adam Short, and Eric Humes. Booyah. Here at the Rooftop Realty uh, studio, we can call it now, right? Slash conference room, slash office, slash... Slash uh, business center. Yes, yes. The place where dreams come true. That's actually true. At Rooftop Realty. I like it. You like that? Yeah, I'm going to have to add that to the parade uh, tagline. There we go. There we go. Yeah, people get happy when they buy new homes. Yeah. It, it, it or sell sense. a home sometimes, too. So yeah. 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 And you do it all. We do. Do Rent, everything. Lease, buy, sell. So we get it all done. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, getting into our topic for today, uh, something that we kind of pre-talked about was uh, kind of the market here in Las Vegas, uh, the not just the job market, but the home market. And I think the little that I know, I'm, I'm not in real estate. Um, I'm in construction. Uh, I, I belong to the Plumbers and Pipe Fitters Union, and I've been doing that for 20 years now. And, um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think actually just like a lot of people are like, well, I'm not in that industry, but actually your perspective is super valuable. Because I think for me, like I'm in real estate, 24 7 365 right even when i'm on vacation i'm picking up you know house guides talking to people looking at prices looking at the market and one of the things that uh i wanted to talk about today is uh workforce employment um to be honest with you i normally don't come into the office this early yeah and i kind of like it this early there's places to park outside yeah there was plenty (laughs) and but the traffic was thick I was like, it was manageable, not like at like the eight to nine hour where it's like everyone's cutting each other off, to be honest with you. It was more like, hey, everyone was kosher and mm-hmm. was just enough space, like just enough. But I'm like, where are all these people going at 7 a.m.? Well, you have the two rushes. Early in the morning, you have your, this is what I call it, unofficial. But early in the morning, you got your blue collar rush and then are between maybe... Seven, eight, later on in the day, you got your white collar rush. You got your two different job markets that are rushing out to work. But like what I was going to say is like, I think with the job market and the home market go side and side. I mean, they, they go hand in oh, hand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when, when you got a good job, I remember when I first got in the apprenticeship and I, w- I was getting into a stable. I, I mean, I was starting to work on retirement. I had health insurance for my family. My wife and I were only married a couple years. We had our first little baby. You know, we're putting our life together. I was pretending like I was a full-grown adult, yeah. which I'm not sure if I still am. <laughs> but I, but you wanted to make those adult-type decisions. And one of those adult-type decisions is buying a home. Yeah. You know, it's the American dream, and, and you want to do it. But at that time, when I first bought my home, uh, the market was a little bit different. It, it, was, uh, it was pre-boom type time the vegas valley was still growing we had a lot of jobs going on there was plenty of construction work there's plenty of other jobs out there i mean so uh and um, you know late 90s early 2000s uh home mark home prices were really good my very first home was a small little home but i paid seventy nine thousand for that home and Just crazy and uh it was an older home it needed some fixing up i mean it wasn't like you know it wasn't huge, but it was a good starter home for my wife and I. It was yeah. it was 
a little three-bedroom, one-bath little home in the old Henderson area. And, uh, but it was a nice home. It was a project for my wife and I. I. I would do work around the house, and we lived there for quite a few years. And, uh, we, and then we were able to, uh, to sell it. But, you know, um, but today, it seems like it's, it's so different. It, it Would you is. agree? It is. And so, you know, the things that, uh, you know, we deal with is the, the two big obstacles or entry points to homeownership are actually down payment and mm-hmm. credit. And I think Las Vegas is notorious for people coming to start over. Like, hey, I, I'm from the Midwest, you know, things didn't work out. I had a divorce or whatever. Or even for families will come and say, hey, I took a job here in Vegas and it's, you know, they want to start over. And a lot mm-hmm. of that time, a lot of times that also includes, um, you know, trying to economically start over as well. Um, and then you also have people that come in and they, they have great portfolios. But the two biggest entry points, and this isn't just Vegas, this is nationally speaking is Mm -hmm. down payment. Americans aren't savers, right? No. We were just talking about, you know, what they were telling you in the, in the union is that, you know, what what were they telling you? Like when the, Oh yeah. I I had an instructor that would, that told me, and he said it in kind of a joking way, but he, uh, he said, when times are good, buy a lot of toys. And so when times are bad, you have something to sell. And, uh, I mean, I, I can understand his logic. That's a, I would I would call that a very irresponsible logic, but kind of a fun logic if you if you <laughs> want to say because because it, it's fun to play on toys, those side by sides and four wheelers and trailers and all those fun things. But then when you get laid off, which in construction it, it happens quite often, uh, when you get laid off and you're going to be off for a little while, then you can sell your your trailer, you can sell the four wheelers, and you have something to sell. But usually, if times are really tough, your neighbors are in the same kind of boat. Yeah, and so trying to sell your fifth wheel tray toy hauler full of dirt bikes becomes a little bit more difficult when those times hit. You know. Yeah, and that's what. So, you know, I've been in real estate through booms, busts, lefts, right, sideways, and I, I think most people would say I've been fairly uh, successful through through the last seventeen years. And one of the things that amazed me is I would go into some homes and, you know, we would do a, you know, we'd have to do either a short sell or the bank would be in the process of taking the home back. And I'm like, how did you get in this spot? And they're like, I made $90,000, you know, last year or the two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's, I made, that's the most money I've ever made, you know, as a, you know, either HVAC or plumber. And, you know, every room's got, you know, at the time, you know, big screen TVs. I know today, you know, those LCD, you know, TVs, you can buy those for 200 bucks. But back in the day, those were like $1,000 a pop. Mm-hmm. And it's not just $1,000. It's what else didn't you do with that 1000 right? How, what else did you not invest in or save up for? And, you know, and they're like, yeah, you know, we were just, you know, doing that same exact thing. I got money coming in. Dude, let's. Yeah. I've always wanted this. What's that old fashioned saying? The more you make, the more you spend. Yeah. Uh, I just looked it up. I just Googled uh, how many Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And according to Forbes magazine, as of uh, about a year ago, 
January 11th of 2019 that 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck that's crazy. in America. That, and that's crazy. And, and, and I'm sure that's, that's a year-old information, but I'm sure that's pretty dang close even today. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's a high number. And I won't lie, there's times of the year for, for me, I'm in, in my household, I'm sure it's the same in yours, I think, is a single-income household. Yeah. Single my wife income, doesn't yeah. work. Now, I, I say my wife doesn't work. She works way harder than I do, keeping up with the kids and everything else. So I don't mean to say it like that, but she doesn't have a paying job. Um, and so... Um, and we're blessed, and we're blessed for that. Huge. A lot of families, I think most... Amer- I mean, I grew up, and my parents were both dual income. Uh, we were a dual income family, and I think most Americans are dual income families. So to hear that they're dual income families and they're paycheck to paycheck is you know is scary to be honest with you well and like i was going to say like there's times of the year that we're paycheck to paycheck i mean there's times that it gets tough uh i I won't like january after my wife and i we we don't like debt yeah we try to stay away from it so when christmas time comes we pay everything in cash now we we have good christmases and we have bad christmases and we want our kids to learn that that's how it goes yeah if you don't have a lot of money you're not getting a lot of stuff or the 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 amount of items or the the cost of the items may go down a little bit but so usually with seven children come january i'm dead broke yeah (laughs) and 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 i'm playing catch up until usually tax returns kind of helps me out a little bit, gives me a yeah. little bit of cash back in the account, and I can start flowing again. But, uh, but yeah, definitely the first couple months of the year, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in that 78 80% of Americans. So we, you know, Sarah is, my wife is, uh, she is a stay-at-home mom, but we're entrepreneurial. So we do have side businesses, mm-hmm. and there are times, like, we ran uh, a, a separate business last year, and that was, you know, kind of income for my kids, income for my wife, and um, I decided to get rid of that business, and, you know, we have other things on the horizon. I'm constantly looking at other business ventures, and... Uh, and we don't like, that's, that's always been my goal as a business owner to have that stability for my family. Like, boom, boom, boom. We've been on a two week paycheck for, for years now. Mm-hmm. And whereas most business owners are ebb and flow, ebb and flow yeah. peaks and valleys. And I said, no, uh, let's just stick with stability. And so, uh, we haven't been in that situation for a long time, but, you know, uh, and also that's where something in housing has changed is before people are like, oh, you got to put 20% down. If you live in Germany, yeah, you got to put 20% down. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, in different parts of Europe, they'll actually pay you to buy a house. Kid you not. You know, I, I think I read that somewhere yeah. in, in Italy. In Denmark, they'll they'll actually pay you to, to buy I think a house. An old town. I, I thought I read that online that in Italy they will uh, they will give you a house for free, but the the thing is you have to fix it up by code. You have like three years to do it. And you got to give them a plan and be selected and all, you know a few little hoops to jump through. Well, Denmark, it's it's actually the interest rate is inverse, and so you buy in a house, you actually are paid to do that, and. 
I mean, that's just, that's how, like, economics, like, what we know today may be completely different. The one thing that I've learned in real estate is real estate changes about every six months. And what I say about that is, like, you know, two years ago, they had, they added a down payment assistance where they gave up to $20,000. And that program lasted about 45 days from the, the oh, day really? it opened to the day. People like, jumped right on it. Jump, people jumped right on it. And if you're in a situation where, yeah, you're trying to get over that first hurdle of down payment, dude, it was a great program. It literally was very wide open, 620 credit score. But, you know, a lot of those programs, like I said, 45 days, boom, in yeah. and out. So it's not something like, hey, I can go and fix my credit. You have to be like in a position so when that program does come about, boom, you can take advantage of it. And... You know, the big concern, so I've been meeting with various uh, government entities lately, and a big concern is, uh, I was talking to a government enemy, and they're like, hey, we have enough affordable housing for federal standards that they can't do anything, they can't do any more affordable housing. And, and then you have this, you know, you have the other portion where people can afford a house, and there's this big gap in the middle, and I think that's a lot of workforce you remember I just talked about, will people come here? If you ever look at apartments, what's the vacancy rate of apartments right now? I have no idea. If you idea. had to guess, if you had to guess. Vacancy, like yeah, how, 10%? It, it's like 5 to 8%. Oh, wow. And, and why are apartments so stacked up? Like, why are they so full? Because they can't get into homes. Yeah. Well, because they can't, you can't even rent a home a lot of times. So you end up renting an apartment because their credit uh, criteria is a lot less. Yeah. And so you end up in like a two bedroom, one bath, you know, two bedroom, two bath or three bedroom, two bath, you know, apartment yeah. or less. And it's really actually the same amount. That's why rental rates have kind of creeped up too, because oh, they're yeah, taking they advantage of, of people that, Hey, their credit is less than stellar. And so it creates this, you know, it fills in that gap is, Hey, if your credit's not good, and then the other thing is debt to income. You talk about credit, you know, credit cards are, you know, piled on top of us, right? Yeah. I remember in college, they're like, hey, you're in college. You should have a credit card, right? Just sign right here. Mm -hmm. Literally, you get a, you know, $1,000, $3,000 credit card not knowing, hey, you know what? Even if you bought something today for 3000 and you didn't pay that credit card off, it's going to cost you $6,000 to pay that card off. Yeah. So, you know, well, okay. So, so then that poses a question. We talked about how, when I was young to buy a home. So today you got a young guy, he has a job, say his wife has a job, young family. They're living in an apartment right now. They got a little bit saved up. How do they buy a home today? And, and what are the processes for a younger couple to buy like their very first home? Maybe their credit is like young, like they don't have like a huge, like a, over a 700 score. Yeah. They, they're in the 600s, uh, but they got good steady jobs. Uh, that, that's the key. If you, if you got good steady jobs, we can pretty much fix everything else. Really? Yeah. And even if they don't have enough to put down. Even if they don't have enough to put down, we'll find them a program where you know, we'll work with a myriad of, of lenders to find a program that fits them to where, you know, they, they'll come in. And so that little bit saved up, even 
so the programs will give them the down payment, okay? But there's other costs involved. You have another like one to two percent of the purchase price to to buy that house. You have prepaid, you have taxes, you have insurance, um, and you have to prepay those up front. The lender is like, so back in the day, you know, you could go to a credit union, you could go to any bank. You're like, oh yeah this is what I think I'm going to make this year. And they're like, you know what? We believe you, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We, we think you're going to make that much too. And they literally would, would lend on that. Now, people, the biggest complaint is like, they're like, Eric, is it really this hard to get a loan? I'm like, yes, it is that hard to get a loan. And I said, you should be happy for that. It should feel like a root canal. It should feel like blood work. Because if it's blood work for you, that means it's blood work for everyone else. And if it is that way, then you know what? That means that they're, they're you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I, and they're making people come in with more skin. Is it because that way, because we've learned from our mistakes from the last time? Hopefully. Because from the last time, the way I understood it, they were passing out loans like, like cheeseburgers. Man. Oh, yeah, I like cheeseburgers. Anyone can get a loan. Cheaper than that. There was like candy. It was like, you know, Halloween candy Yeah. at one point. And, uh, you know, I remember going into a credit union and they would do what's called a drive-by appraisal. <laughs> Literally. And, and so they do have some loan products out there now where they don't do appraisals. But that doesn't concern me because they validate that with so much other. There's so many other ways to kind of evaluate a home that they can say, okay, look at this, this, and this you know, your house isn't going to be that far off. And that if you have enough equity or if you're putting enough money down, um, also VA for people who, you know, I was, I was teaching a class um, at a company. A company asked me to come in and I taught. They signed me up for one class. Um, everyone was so enthralled in it that they're like, well, can you do that class for another you know, like hour and a half? And I was like, well, I wasn't really prepared, but I'll, you know, I'll do my best. And... You know, in, in that class I was talking about, I said, you know, who in here is a disabled vet or is dating a, a disabled vet? And one of the girls raises her hand. She's like, I'm dating this. I'm like, well, you might want to put a ring on it because that guy can buy it. He, he's got the easiest path to home ownership. The government, because it's a disabled vet, like that's what I'm talking about. Little things I'm talking about, everything, mm -hmm. VA, disabled, means he doesn't have to literally bring any money to the table. See, why don't they advertise? I mean, maybe veterans know these kind of things. They don't. But, like, why don't they advertise all these little secret things? Like, when we had Donovan on, I didn't know that there was that many ways to get a scholarship for your kid. Yeah. So the home ownership, there had, there's all these little ways, and people talk about them. Like, oh, I did this program, or the city of Henderson has this program, or or the – Clark County has this program and no one even knows about him. And then someone stumbles on it and it becomes spread around by word of mouth, or maybe he posts it on Facebook or something like that. You know what? It, it's, it, it's, it's weird. Like I've tried to post it all the time on social media, um, like this or that, this is a great program. Um, sometimes a lot of those programs have a lot of strings attached. Mm -hmm. Um, the VA, the VA has been around for a long time. And when I started in the business, if someone was coming in with the VA, there was a lot of strings attached. Really? Now it's like a Willy Wonka golden ticket. Someone says, well, I'm going to use my VA. I'm like, let's get in the car. Let's go right now. 
right? And so because if they're VA, we can figure a lot of things out. The home doesn't have to be pristine. It doesn't have to be like brand new. When I started in the business, when if you had a VA loan, man, the home almost had to be brand new. Like everything had to work, everything had to check out because that was a concern for them at the time. Yeah. And now the concern is, hey, let's get them into a house. And you know, a lot of these guys are handy; they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah. And so that's where that's like a huge that was a huge shift about four or five years ago, where the VA took a different stance. And so, um, but as far as like educating people is people usually don't get educated on home ownership until they have the desire to buy a house. That's why, because until then it just becomes another piece of the noise. And then when they start looking for homes they are like, Oh, maybe I should educate myself. Yeah. So for a younger guy, maybe even. He, he, he's still trying to decide what he wants debt. to do for a living and stuff like that. Stay out of debt. But, Stay out of debt. But the amount of money that someone needs to make, I mean, like, um, I kind of looked it up. Like, here in Las Vegas, the average household income in Las Vegas is 50000 a year. Right. And in Nevada, that jumped up to fifty three. The national average for homes is 55000 a year. So, like you know, when you're trying to decide what kind of job do I want to get into? What kind of market do I want to get into? How much money should I be making? Because it's, it's always funny to me. There's times when I struggle and I look back at my dad, the way he raised us. My dad was also blue collar. He worked at time at retired from there, um, made, made a good living. Um, things still got tight at times, but he still did pretty good. Well, I make a lot more than him. I've, I've surpassed that. And, uh, but I, I still, it seems like I still struggle. What used to be a really good income. I don't even think if you make over a hundred thousand a year, that's not, that's still middle-class. Yeah. Like, like growing up, that was our, like, I knew, Yeah, I mean, ballers were making a buck and a quarter. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, uh, what a hundred thousand, a year today is not what a hundred thousand a year, eighty or ninety five or yeah. ninety four. You know, so you know you're looking at. I'm looking at the calculators, and so you know, fifty thousand dollar a year, you know, income says you should afford about one hundred eighty six thousand dollars in home. Is there any homes in this valley one hundred eighty six thousand? Honestly, uh, uh, there's a shed out back behind Adam's house. <laughs> there, no, there. You know, I actually ran the report actually uh, last week. Actually, um, I've got a guy coming in from California that wants to just pay cash and be retired. He's a retired teacher from California and has made some good investments. He's like, I just want to come in and pay cash. And there's there's over 200 properties. There's like 220 properties on the MLS under 185 that kind of fit. You know, uh, you know, a principal residence standard if you want to say that but what kind of neighborhoods are those in all over the t- actually you'd all be over? surprised you'd be surprised but they're like two bedroom two bath condos or or two bedroom two bath townhomes you're not getting like the merit you know you're not getting that front I think, yard backyard front yard backyard there i mean there's a few like you know we're probably in the older parts of town mm-hmm. and uh you know in getting into places that uh 
I mean, there's you got some huge yards out there, but the home is obviously going to be in a you know a lot smaller and um, maybe need some work. Maybe need some work. Yeah. But the overall advantage to home ownership at the end of the day is, on average, how much is a lease for most in, in Las Vegas Valley? Do you know? Well, we're renting right now, and they're just they're going to raise my rent, uh, so it's going to jump up to about. I'm in a six bedroom home, so or a five bedroom home with a swimming pool, so I'm paying nineteen hundred a month, and it's going to jump up to pushing two thousand. Okay, you're still you're still cheating the market, and you, we've had that discussion um, because with the pool and that many bedrooms, you're still getting a good deal. On average, though, most people like a three bedroom, two bath house mm-hmm. is like fifteen hundred bucks, and then so you know that's roughly you know you're going to spend about you know seventeen thousand dollars in rent, and are you ever going to get that investment back? No, no. And so that's why I tell people is like if you're going to work and going back to jobs and going back to con- like you know construction, like you know I try to counsel people well how long is your job for? Like, is this where you guys are planting roots or, you know, some construction guys go from, you know, will go from, you know, they go from job site to job site to job site and Mm -hmm. they're not willing to travel. They're not willing to, Hey, I'm doing this big project here. Now we're going to do a big project there. And I don't want to commute. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to live out of state and, and come back. And so I said, you know, for that, yeah, you you should rent. Because that's just, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get the the return on your investment. But if you're going to be here for three years, dude, absolutely buy. Because mm-hmm. when you buy today and you take that, you compound that 15000 at a minimum, we're going to get your 15000 back. Yeah. Your $45,000 over three years back. But, you know, and if the house fits you, like if, if we can get you into a product that actually, you know, you guys have, you, you talk about the number of children you have, you know, there's only certain products that are going to fit your needs. And if you have a yeah. house that, you know, you have to, so that's where it's a balance. But for a young guy. But that's a small market for me. We have looked yeah. around and we have looked at even other places. And uh, first we get priced out real quick. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we look in the custom home areas. Um Obviously, those are on bigger lots, bigger properties, bigger homes, fit our family needs. But the other thing that I'm scared of is my kids are starting to get older. Yeah. Why would I jump into a huge uh, house, a huge home, knowing that, well, hopingly, <laughs> that my kids will grow and move out and start their own lives and do their things. And in maybe 15 to push in 20 years, I'll be close to retirement. And then all of a sudden, my wife and I are empty nesters. In a four thousand square foot home, paying these huge utility bills and all of this other stuff, in this giant home that it's just us two. Well, uh, this hasn't ever come about, but my son and I have have legitimately talked this out. Is everyone kids about tiny homes, and we know that tiny homes actually don't work. Um, but um, one of the things that we whiteboarded was, you know, getting a bigger lot. And he wants his own room. Great. We'll build you your own little tiny room out back. You know, you know, build out a connex, yeah. build out a, you know, a, a tiny house, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, 
you know, we joke about that, but if we were in a different country, I don't think that would be so unheard of. No, no. And so, and it, so what do you talk, you know, when you, when people move up to homes, it's actually, so you're thinking about, you know, I know where the stages are at with your kids, you know, Ryder and, and my son are the same age or real close. And so, yeah, we look at that same thing. Our house actually, you know, if we can make it through the teenage years, our house will be actually the right size for us in about, um, you know, in, in a matter of, you know, in a matter of minutes. Yeah. yeah. You know, our, we, we legitimately could live in our house forever and it wouldn't make a difference. It's single story, three car garage, and you know, it's uh 2,200 square foot. And that was our starter home. And now it's our middle class home. And we've, many times thought about moving up or moving and, you know, talk about different toys or different things. The problem is, is I'm not home a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm either, you know, and you do the same thing. We're out coaching, we're out playing, we're out. Yeah. Always outside. And that's something that the dynamics of, of the Las Vegas Valley has changed growing up. We grew up on half acres. Yeah. You know, I had a bike track in my backyard. You know, at RC cars, yeah, we made a big track for them. Or we went and found an empty lot next door. And yeah, it, it happened it all the time. Yeah, and and now you know the standard lot size is three thousand nine hundred twenty square feet, which is you get a backyard about the size of this room, hmm. and people are fine with it. At first, I, I I didn't understand it, but I understand it now because you know Tuesday night we we're doing these activities. Wednesday night we're doing these activities. Thursday night, we've got practice. Saturday, oh, yeah. you got games. So when are you home? Exactly. So You know, and that's a whole other topic on youth sports and the demand on the kids. But, like, yeah, you're right. We're, we're always gone. Now, one other question before we end up is, like, um, the sides of town, what would you say is probably the most expensive side of town to live on? Summerlin. Summerlin. Cheapest side of town? Uh, east side by Nellis Air Force Base. Okay. You which know, is I, funny, which is funny. Actually. I don't hear too much. The only reason I, I know some of this is because my mom lives up there. But do, uh, have you done any kind of business up in Boulder City? Sold any homes up there? Boulder City? Yeah, we do. We're actually the fourth, I'd say, the on based on volume. We sell the fourth, like the, we're like in the top, let's say the top five of all brokerages in Boulder City. So we're very familiar with Boulder City. My daughter goes to Boulder City. Um, now they opened up their market a little bit. They started building some, like, are those condos or kind of what kind of homes there right off the main boulevard, the brand new construction. Okay. Yeah. So those were built like two years ago. What, what, what that builder did. And I, for full disclosure, I worked for that builder for a uh-huh. short period as, as his retail broker is, um, they, they gathered up a bunch of years of of building permits because Boulder city only allows so many building permits per year. Yeah. And so he would gather those up and just kind of save them and then oh. built them out. But those are, it's a townhome product. It's like a two bedroom or three bedroom. It used to be garage. a trailer park there. And then they ripped out the trailer park and then they yeah. put in these little. And well, the, the newest, units. the newest homes in Boulder city are the Storybrooke homes, which are the bigger, like, you know, 2,500 to 4,000 square foot, on big lots and but the have- secret up there that i didn't know oh well i i knew this just because of my mom but the cost of living now not home prices right. but i'm talking utilities and stuff 
dude, that it is cheap up there. My mom, when she yes. moved up there, she bought one of those old. My mom's home was built in like 1939. We call it the avenues. Yeah, it, she she bought one of those older homes. The outside of the home, it's it's really unique. The outside of the home is, you when you walk up to it, it looks like you're walking up to a 1939 cottage. Home. Yeah, yeah. The, the the windows are still the single pane with the wood between them and stuff. And a lot of those houses have basements, or, yes. and the garage is usually in the backyard. Yes. But the price point on the house, the price point on the house is somewhere in between Summerlin and Henderson, actually. Yeah. But uh, when you walk in the home, she modernized everything. Double pane window. The windows are modern because yeah. the walls are so thick. So she has another set of windows. She marble countertops. Updated plugs, updated everything. So when you walk in, you feel like you walked into a today's home. Yeah. But when you walk outside, you feel like you're living in 1939 or early 40s. And and it's a fun little kind of cottage where she's protecting the historical or historical look of the home, you know, in Boulder City. But then inside, you could still live like a modern person. And uh, but her utilities, she ripped out all the gas appliances. And she says electricity is cheaper than gas. So she went all electric and her electric bill. It's funny, her electric bill, her water bill and her trash bill comes on one bill. And that bill from Boulder City is barely over a hundred dollars. Sometimes in the winter, it's even under a hundred dollars and she's using electricity for everything. Dryer, hot water, stove, everything. That is, that is a good little secret. The other part about it though, but the home prices are higher in Boulder. For sure. But another thing, hold on. How many homes in uh, Clark County are in an HOA? Oh man, I wouldn't even know, but I would say it's high. 80%? 97. No way. Yes. Yes. 97. 100%. So, uh, so how many HOAs are in Boulder city? Zero. I'm guessing. Uh, there's no. Is you, there some? There's some. You've got the condos that have a HOA, and you have a few of the like uh, a few of the neighborhoods. But like, if you took Boulder City as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, like ten percent. But but you also have a community up there that the city council and people they protect those investments. They protect the city fiercely. Fiercely. Yes, they they don't let growth goes gets out of control. There's a lot of other things in Boulder City people don't know, like gaming is illegal in Boulder City. There's no chain restaurants. There's chain fast food restaurants, but no like IHOPs. They're all Ma and Pa. Well, Burger King. Well, the, those aren't, I wouldn't consider those are like, those are fast food restaurants. And now Chicken Shack. But, chain. Yeah, but, but what I'm talking about yeah. is like actual sit down restaurants. There is none of those in Boulder City. They're yeah. all, which I actually love. If you ever want well, to have a nice. Well, Coffee Cup is, 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 you know. Oh, it's fantastic. It's nationally known, yes. you know. And so if you get, if you go up there for a little lunch or a breakfast, I highly recommend it. The food is terrific. But it's nice because it supports that community yeah. up there, you know. And so when you have a city council that's almost like an HOA. Yeah. Protecting the entire city and their interests and their investments. I mean, why need an HOA up there? Yeah. Well, they also have, you know, if you want to talk about Boulder City, they have, you know, two gun ranges. They have uh, a municipal golf course. The, the you know, former mayor used to be the manager at the True Value there. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that because not as a degradation, but as perspective that 
you know what? He's on a normal, he's on a, a almost a blue collar income running a small town. And, yeah. in, you know, and they have to compete a lot of times for residents with Henderson or Las Vegas or Summerlin. And, and so as a, you know, as the city has expanded, you know, years ago, Boulder City was kind of way out there. And now Boulder City is, you know, literally minutes away from everything. Now the interstate goes all the way through um, to Arizona. And so you're seeing different dynamics out there where people want to, um, the, also the age group, they also allow ATVs. I don't know if you knew that. that oh, was, really? Yeah, you can drive your, your side-by-side around town all you, all you want. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, that's the only place in uh, Clark County that allows that, by the way. Um, even uh, And they don't have the water restrictions like everyone else. I don't no, think. they're on their own separate utilities. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's, it is it's different. Neat. But you know, there's pros and cons. And a lot of times, you know, going back to affordable housing, though, is that's why people do end up in Henderson. A lot of times people want that Boulder City you know, lifestyle uh-huh. and can't afford it because the price point for the homes. Well, we go up there all the time, but yeah, hey the, man, th- th- this has been an awesome conversation on, uh, on homes and uh, the job market and real estate. I hope it helps some people out there and, um, and maybe give them an idea. And, and, and if you have any more questions, man, give Eric a call here at rooftop realty. He can help you through uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, or, or if you've had struggles, like, Hey, if you're trying to figure out, you know, um, a friend of ours was her, you talk about that young guy. Yeah. Her son is newly married and newly expecting twins. Mm-hmm. And so she's like trying to educate them on home ownership. And they're like, that's the farthest thing from their mind. But she's like, if you start now, you'd be well prepared. And so if people have ideas on how, how maybe we can help educate people, dude, I, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear how, you know, they talk about in school, right? Home ec is home ec is not taught anymore. Yeah, dude, home ownership is not taught. Financial health is not taught, and there is a, a junior league that's sponsored by a couple corporations in town, and I know that they try to do that financial literacy, but you know, I think you know if you're not doing it all the time, you forget about it. Oh yeah, well, there's a lot of things in school that aren't taught. I mean, same thing trades yeah the uh trades are in high demand all over the country uh, uh and all kinds of different jobs you know that that the youth can get into but you know buying a home is a big deal and if you if you got questions eric is here to help uh there's a lot of times you know i call you know i give eric a lot of credit i i, I call him for just questions and i've always felt like the eric and his people down here aren't of course this is their business but I don't. I've never been treated in a way that it's like we're only here to make money. I feel like you're also here to help people. You're you're here to help people. If you're not going to make anything, but you're going to educate someone in the best option on buying a home, or maybe not buying a home, or trying to sell a home or not selling a home, those kind of questions. You guys really help them out with that stuff, and uh, and it's a peace of mind. It's not like going to a car dealership where you know you're going to just be hounded like here. <laughs> Buy something, buy something, buy something. No, you would rather just give someone that that knowledge so they can make the best decision for themselves. And even if it's at the end of the day that you're not going to make anything from that person, you've helped that person out. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah, I and, and that is my philosophy. And that and I think that 
you know, as, as the owner of the company, that's what I preach. And that's what I push through because I've always said the philosophy is, you know, I was born and raised, I, I am born and raised here. And so I can't get away from people, right? I'm, I'm still going to see you down the street. So if I would have given you some shark advice, like, oh, or, you know, oh, you didn't buy a house, so we can't be friends. That's, that's not how I want to live my yeah. life, right? And, and the chances of that person wanting to sell that home again or buy another home or their children buying a home, they're going to refer you to you or they're going to refer you to them. And, and that's, that's a big deal. And that's a part of business. Yeah. But Hey man, we need to wrap this up. The, we appreciate everyone listening and the ones that have supported the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, you know, the biggest thing that you guys can do is hit that subscribe button, but not just that, leave a comment, write something at, on iTunes or, uh, you know, uh, leave something uh, comment on, on, on comment social on, media. Comment uh, on Adam's eating habits. That's what we love to hear the most. Yeah, all of that stuff, man. I mean, I, I, uh, uh, we love to hear that. We like feedback. We want this podcast to grow. So please support it. Smash that subscribe button. Hit it. Tell uh, your friends. Uh, friend us on Facebook and and hit us on. Uh, uh, Instagram and and that those are huge ways that we can move the podcast up and those are small little ways that each one of you can can help us out so please hit that smash or smash that subscribe button and and leave a comment and we will uh, like Eric said last time we're gonna have more of these shows so uh, we will see you next time yeah all right we'll talk to you soon all right thank you <laughs>